one day I will know how to spell anomaly, and it is still not that day, if you were wondering. For some reason, I just cannot fucking get it. And then, and then Google Docs is like, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, we know, we know. Welcome to Make Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my actively and soon-to-be-inebriated co-hosts, Shaheen and Bubs. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We also love fan feedback, so come free to come for fuck's sake. So feel free to come <laughs> yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion sprinkled with GIFs. This is episode 82 of our podcast. We're going to be talking about The 100, season 7, episode 1. It's the last season. Hooray! Um, great to have you guys here. We usually start by giving some information about ourselves and then go to a quick, quick icebreaker game. This week's icebreaker game is Where Would You Hide a Note to Yourself If You Had to Travel Through the Anomaly? Who wants to go first? Uh, All right, bubs. <laughs> um, okay, so two ideas. <laughs> um, I would a um, bonsai. <laughs> um, of course, like he was sleeping up until we started recording, and now he's like, "Oh, is it time for me to wine now?" Yes, it of is. course, it's one um, o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Um, not my favorite kind of wine o'clock, but um, so I would do a fake nail. And write it on the inside of the fake nail because eventually fake nails fall off. So you're going to realize, oh shit, that was a fake nail. And you're going to be like, why? And then you're going to look at it and there's a note. Okay. And okay. then the other idea was in my little tampon bag. Oh. Because someone's going to open that, that and be like, that oh, code for your Wait, is that code for your vagina? Because I don't think that you're allowed to like. Well, you didn't say we had to be in this world. Okay, I, I, well, no, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if, quote, my little tampon bag is code <laughs> oh. for your vagina. <laughs> I get what you're saying now. No, I was not talking about that. <laughs> um, I was talking about literally, like, a little, like, little carry thing that you put in your, like, work bag. Got it. Okay, okay. Reasonable, reasonable. Um, Wait, so can you put it in your pocket? Like, what is, yeah, what's I, the I, deal exactly? I, I, here, like, I don't understand why she felt like she needed to, like, hide it in the skin of her arms. Like, it's not like she, like, maybe she didn't think that she would have clothes or any, like, she didn't know if she was going to be nude when she came through the anomaly. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of, I, I have questions, which is why this is the icebreaker question. Um, but it also felt like it was, like, a secret. But it's like, you know, so you don't hide it on your person because it's a secret. But then, so you like, just, you the have a giant of your ass arm. wound on your arm, and no one's gonna be like, well, what the fuck is that? Right? Like, you're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just gangrene. Don't pay no mind. I mean, <laughs> seriously, what's his face? Um, hot child killer um, was Gabriel. like, hey, you're, something's wrong with your arm. Like, right? Like, nobody's gonna, gonna notice, notice, like, the pint of blood you have lost. Shaheen, yeah. <sighs> um, what about you? Um... Hi, I'm Shaheen. 
I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I study history and philosophy of science. And if I had to hide something going through the anomaly, look, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't really know exactly what the deal is. It seemed like she thought anything that's not in your flesh, like in your body, it is like gonna disappear or is fair game or can change you know but your body will be preserved i don't know um but in, but in any case if there's any reason to hide something um while going through some checkpoint i think you know the hard and time tested method would probably be the best um, so up your butt yeah all right yeah i mean it's where people pot put things yeah <laughs> people pot put things <laughs> yeah, yeah you know people put some pot up there i'm sure um yeah, yeah i i yeah so that's what i would do okay okay um neat and then just one when you get on the other hand on the other side you're like hey i don't remember shit but i actually gotta take a shit BRB. that i know <laughs> yeah so i <laughs> Be back in five. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah. What if they're not a look then, before flush yeah. person? <laughs> what like, like what? just just don't do the courtesy flush when well, you're no. when you're trying to like poop out a a special like <laughs> thing. Yeah, I I just have a lot of questions. So many questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, none of them are going to get fucking answered. Um, okay, uh, I'm right. well. I guess I'll go. Um, I'm Joe. I live in Austin, Texas. Um, and I would, I don't know, like, I, I feel like if it's a little tiny scroll, I, you know, do you not just, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. It was on her arm, right? Like, her forearm, and she was wearing a jacket. Like, I mean, I guess maybe we'll find out what was written on the little spirally part in the symbols, because otherwise, why not just write, you know, trust Bellamy, like, on your arm, like, with a pen, like, memento <laughs> style, you know? Um, right. Or again, you know, popular orifices. Uh, I guess that's that's a good place to put things. Um, tiny little ta- <laughs> what what is it? Your little tampon bag? Is that? <laughs> I mean that you know, but but somewhat metaphorically, I guess, is a good place to put it. Or like maybe just in your mouth, like you know, behind you know, like in as like a little chipmunk pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know, but I. It, it, her cutting open her forearm and putting, like, a little scroll in there, like, that reminds me of whenever in TV shows, and they've done it on The 100 a bajillion times, and I've yelled at it a bajillion times, like, when they're, like, do a blood oath or whatever the fuck, and they, like, cut their palms, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, that's gonna take a really long time to heal, it's probably gonna get infected because you use your hands a lot, like, couldn't we have, like, spilled blood symbolically somewhere else? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's gonna be annoying as fuck when you're using your hands. Right? Like for fuck's so. sake. Anyway, alright. Well, if this is any sort of um foreboding of, of the shit we're gonna talk for this episode, um, I think we're laying down a pretty solid base. Um we are going to be talking about season seven, episode one, titled From the Ashes, uh, written by showrunner Jason Rothenberg, directed by Ed Freeman. Um Freeman, Freeman, Freeman. Sorry, bud. Um, I'm going to go with Freeman. I hope that's right. I think that's right. 
Yeah, it's fine. Um, what were your guys' overall takes on the episode? Like, we had a long-ass hiatus this time and a weirdly lacking amount of uh, promo, and part of it due to the quarantine, but also part of it due to it's the CW and the 100, and they've always been shit at promoting it. Um, <laughs> so what, what'd you guys think? Did it did it live up to expectations? Did you have expectations? Um, uh, clunk City. Clunk, clunk City, bitch. <laughs> 10, 10, 20s on Clunk City's bitch. <laughs> Hunter D VIP is now just a guest list. Here we go. RIP to all our wishes. So did That's you write I that? I adapted it from a well-known poem. Okay. This was, that was. Can, that what was I, the rap thing. Because <laughs> I was reading it before and I was like, okay. I, this is too many I syllables I'll for I'll find out what this is. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, if you couldn't tell I was white now, you can. <laughs> so what do you care to do you, do you want to expand on that at all or are we just letting that uh, i don't know i'll expand um so obviously there's like a lot of faces and it's just gonna be although it's better than i thought it was because i think some people are more minor than they made out to be when they were announcing all these new characters um but I think the biggest thing that stood out, it was just so clunky in the beginning. Like all these, there's so much exposition. And I just kept like being pulled out of it, being like, are they seriously just like short for me if I just like blabbing everything that's going on to catch everybody up and then just acting like that's not happening. <laughs> um, so I think that was, yeah. Um, and of course, this is like brewing up to this was the whole like, is Bellamy just not going to be in it? Um, so I think that also left a damp, damp, a dark cloud, a dark cloud over <laughs> everything. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there was some good things a in the episode. A dark blanket and a damp cloud. Yes, yes. Thank you. That's, that's right. <laughs> um, but no, there, there are some good things and like some things I liked more than I thought that I would, but it, I don't, I don't think this was the best premiere that I've ever seen. I I would I would agree I would say it's probably I would say it was the weakest season mm. premiere for me out of all of the seasons mm. um and that's kind of saying something considering season six was just really weird and campy um and I thought that that was my least favorite one but lo it could be that season six has been dethroned knocked down a I don't really know the right <laughs> word for underbelly but um this one I would say was not as good in my opinion um yeah. yeah uh what about you uh shaheen um yeah i mean i think i i agree with you guys in general i it was overall kind of underwhelming um and yeah i mean i guess we're used to premieres uh like the first episode of each season being something huge maybe that's just uh you know something we expect that's not necessary but uh yeah it was i i agree that it was it was underwhelming and um i will talk about this more later i guess but um i found myself really uninterested in the sanctum stuff mm-hmm. oh, um man. and yeah i was just like yeah i really just want to know what happens with the anomaly but i guess we'll have to see that stuff unfold so 
I mean, at least from the trailer, we know that, like, Raven is involved in Anomaly stuff. So, like, uh, you know, the the characters that we primarily give two shits about do get involved in that storyline. But, like, I think it was a huge miscalculation to think that... Because, I mean, back when we were on Earth, you know, the Grounders versus, um, versus Sky Crew was you know, this thing of, like, you know, political factions and, you know, like, people, you know, they want one thing, they want another, and, you know, spinning it up with Mount Weather. Like, they did a really good job in those early seasons of being, like, here are characters that you kind of, you know, that, like, we liked, we gave two shits about Dante and, and, um, and Cage and, you know, Lexa and, and Clark Mm. and the adult crew and sort of, they, they were able to sort of make us, really invested in that sort of like power struggle but at this point it's like there's some hippie guy that with a ponytail that jordan's hanging out with (laughs) first of all we don't care about jordan anymore because they didn't give us anything last season he got stabbed and disappeared for five episodes so like i don't give a shit about jordan sorry like and then you know the prime stuff the the children of gabriel and then like oh now we also have you know allegiance prisoners you know with with sort of like these Nikki and Paolo vibes, um, you know, and like, you know, trying to be hard and gruff and, you know, they're going to be sort of nameless villains kind of a thing, like just antagonists. Like it was just it was a real miscalculation on how much I think any of us care about any of how that works out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also it it just felt last season. I thought that, like, we dealt with all of it, you know? Like, I I, I mean, I guess like, there's not supposed to be a time jump, so, like, you know. But it, but it was, like, there was a war, like, you know, like, yes, like, I, I don't know. I just, like, I, I just kept feeling, like, okay, next, why are we still doing this? Why are we still here? Like, right, like um, why is Sky Crew still there? Like, how easy would it have been to be, like, yeah, well, so, okay, um, people who believed in the Sanctum stuff, um that's their home like that is their home so we're gonna make some kind of agreement they will do their thing we're gonna go build our compound um and wake up some more people so there's more like hands on deck Mm -hmm. um and we're gonna go do that like it's you know it's done (laughs) right like they're all fighting over eureka's castle and i'm like but why like right exactly (laughs) yeah Um, and i uh i mean this is gonna be my other thoughts slash well actually but I um didn't quite understand like what exactly the fight is about like there I'm I'm given to understand there are tons of planets and moons and shit around this area just go live somewhere else go go colonize another one right like they have spaceships like yeah like you you, you don't like the whole you know prime thing just go to another moon and start your own colony um, so yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, so this actually is kind of a nice little segue since we were going to be talking about the Sanctum shit, uh, as per mm-hmm. the notes, um, it, as, as our first big talking point. So like, let's, I guess, just dive into that. Um, okay. because yeah, we have, uh, the war ended and yet somehow, surprise, there is a house that Russell built <laughs> and was never mentioned last was never mentioned last season but look here's some random house which felt very much like on the walking dead or whatever when all of these like ragtag apocalyptic <laughs> people who haven't showered in three years are like whoa what the fuck we're in a planned community like wh- like meanwhile like indra's there like 
eating soup in her like leather, you know, vest or whatever. It, 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 <laughs> I, yeah. What what do you guys think of of the picnic and return to normalcy? I don't even know what. It was just like really. Well, I think it was meant to be jarring. So if it was meant to be jarring, then like great success. It was. It was jarring. Um, I think like there are times when a show that's pretty dark does something like that, and I I like it. Like um, for example, X Files when they did the episode Arcadia in season seven, Mm -hmm. that was like a planned community where they like played house, and it was hilarious. Um, and like I think like there's elements like I love some of the humor that this brought out. Raven um, had some good lines. Like they yeah. gave Raven some good lines, and I'm hoping that means that Raven has a storyline this season. Yeah, hope to that fuck. would be nice. Yeah, um, but like the whole, <laughs> I didn't like the picnic. Like, I guess it like upset me a little bit that it was just like, oh, so now we're just going to pretend everything is all fine. But I guess like that again was the point. So that I think that they did well, but I also don't think they acknowledged enough how. Some of these people don't even know each other at this point, basically. Like, they're hanging on by, like, threads of um, relation. <laughs> they're, like a qu- they're like somebody that, that you had a class with in college, and you, like, run into them later, and somehow you're supposed to, like, you actually, like, agreed to get coffee, and you do it, and you're like, fuck, why did I agree to that? <laughs> exactly. So you just <laughs> keep talking I remember about your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wish they would have, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how they could have shown that. I know that it would have been hard, but like something, um, instead of like pretending they're all friends, like, I mean, the, the theme of this season is supposed to be family, according to Jason. And if that's the case, like, I mean, I think that's a great theme. Um, but they spent seasons neglecting these relationships. So to now like, just be like, oh, these guys really care about each other. I'm like, well, you have a whole season to show that. I hope you're going to spend the whole season showing that. In, or building on that instead of just being like, oh, they're going to go find, you know, it's just kind of like. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I kind of appreciate that maybe Indra was supposed to be like the Greek chorus slash the audience for all this. Like in um, some ways she was there for exposition, which we can talk about in in a sec. I know you have thoughts on that. Bubs. Yes. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like her kind of being over everyone's bullshit. I, I felt that deeply. Oh, for she didn't like she. Adina Porter a gift. Um, is a gift. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's so great. Um, and so I think that all the scenes that weren't her giving like chunky, clunky exposition were amazing because she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm glad in some ways that they gave it to her. I mean, you know, she's the only adult left. Um, and so I can, I, I mean, yes, they're all adults, but you guys know what I mean. Like, yes, she, you know, she's is, the house mom. She yeah, uh, they're the in a sorority, mom. and she is the house mom. <laughs> I was actually never in a sorority. Explain this. To me. I wasn't either, but I was on a soccer team. I was pretty close. Got it. Got it. Um, there will be no juice, <laughs> juice boxes and orange slices from from Indra. She's not. No, she will take her soup, and you can shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> no crying. So so we got that weird exposition from you know basically like Indra giving us a previously on or now that we meet our heroes look at all this shit show that's happening in Sanctum and um, if you, you want to know, know including this... yeah go ahead oh no I was gonna say if you want to know how like chunky and clunky it was I will read it because I oh, transcribed yes. it from um Please. my TV so she goes the people of Sanctum have lost their way of life but may, many still believe in the primes. They blame us. We can expect conflict between believers and non-believers. To make matters worse, the children of Gabriel are here. 
Sanctum is their home too. They want Russell Prime and anyone who believes in him dead. At the moment, they too are our allies. Add to that 36 hardened criminals from Earth who Wong Crew has was at war with a few days ago. And I say we have our hands full being the keepers of the peace. Like it's like the intro of a video game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like all your all our base all your base are belong to us. I you know, yeah, it felt like a really It's weird... like a synopsis, the like episode synopsis. Yeah, somebody um, I'm pulling the video someone else said the video game thing, so that was not me. Um and I cannot remember who said it. So credit to whoever said it. It is <laughs> It does, or like the intro to like some like very like long like anime series. Like it's almost like it was a bad translation. Yes. Like, a, like some like a like a like a property that was like in a foreign language and they translated it to English and like to give you all the background. And you're like, oh, got it, got yeah. it. And in anyone else's hands, like that on-screen um voiceover <laughs> would have been like a car sales commercial. But like it was not that bad because it was a Dina Porter. Yeah, I mean, I will say that the, so that was clunky as fuck, but the absolute, and I'm jumping ahead to us talking mm-hmm. about the Anomaly crew, the absolute worst line in the entire episode was, hold on, let me, let me find it. Um, <laughs> none of it, none of this makes any sense, but my God, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, we'll come back to that, but like, those are the two stinkers of... <laughs> of the episode. I think Selena called that on her review and she's like, yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Selena's review, Selena of Hypable, uh, if, if, if you don't read it, do yourself a favor. Um, Selena writes amazing re- reviews of the episodes. They're so thought out um, and she does such a good job of you know, being thoughtful about it, but also like, you know, having some legitimate snark insult, um, where, mm-hmm. where absolutely warranted, um, yeah. as well as like making sure to reference Buffy, um, yeah. which no one in the writing room has ever seen. There's something uh, to behold. You yes. Read it's that. amazing. Yeah. Um, we also got a mention of Shade Hedda in, in a Chekhov's gun situation, um, of, of Indra being like, don't worry about it. And then low in act five, um, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to say about the beginning of the episode, Shaheen? Um, I always appreciate that they sort of have a uh, continuity mindset and a um, sort of realism um, that you can follow. That like uh, you know, it picks up it picks up where it left off, and it's like um, you know, okay, so th- this is the situation that we left with and what do you think would happen after this um and i guess they do what they think is like the most logical given the premises of their of their universe um but it can still go a lot of different ways and um i think maybe to some extent uh it's just become repetitive the whole political thing and the whole factions and believing in some bullshit religion or ideology or whatever that causes fights and territory territorial disputes and whatever you know um they've milked that cow before many times that cow is out of milk seasons um yeah and and you know like it's it was it was exciting like you were saying earlier seasons and i was personally very excited to learn more about the different grounder clans and um you know uh, whatever the different crews and just like get deeper into that that stuff but they just kind of um bombed it into 
Annihilation. And um, then, yeah, and so that now it's just kind of like, it's hard to invest in because you know this is not, this is obviously not going to go in, it's, it doesn't have legs, you know. Um, back then we thought we were going to like learn more and get deeper into this and like learn all the mythology of these different clans or whatever. We know now that, you know, none of this is, none of that is going to happen since last <laughs> season. And we know that this, uh, like, I'm saying that nothing like parallel to that or the analog of that is not going to happen on Sanctum. I mean, first of all, there isn't, the, the mythology of Sanctum is not as rich as the grounder mythology. Um, their predicament is not as, um, sympathetic as the grounders. Um, well, for people who the, weren't primes, there's sympathy. Yeah, but at the same time, you're also kind of even like, mm, so. It's, dumb, it's, <laughs> like, it's. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's it's one, one issue is of course you know you're like well I don't know it's kind of if you believe that then I guess I don't know if you still believe uh, that maybe, after maybe you deserve the told. consequences of what comes to you, but uh, but but beyond that even. Um, it's, um, I don't know, it's like their problem, like the grounders, you know, their problem was very, um, very serious and very central to the, to the, um, you know, story of the, of the entire show, the plot of the entire show, which is, you know, they, these are the people who happen to survive this massive nuclear catastrophe, uh, and they just lived on you know, um, in the wild on their own, uh, for, you know, almost a century. And this is what happened to them. Like their language is kind of like English, but it's slightly changed. And, and now they have all these factions of people, different parts of, I guess, Northern United States that, you know, survived and whatever. So it had a, um, it, you know, it had a whole, um, it, had, it was something that you could relate to and you could you could understand this, the gravity of the situation and the um, you know the harshness of, the harshness of what they went through but with sanctum it's just like oh you guys got caught up in some bullshit um, thing that six people made up for you and that's all the source of all your problems basically otherwise it seems like this planet is fine. <laughs> um so yeah i don't know all of that i think goes into just um making it um less investable and you know just kind of we know it's a temporary thing so why even but for me it's not even like the grounders that are missing because like i always felt like why don't we go meet new grounders because like even in the when they showed prime fire fire there was people like in egypt like, there are so many other people that right. probably were living, like, all these different interesting ways, and, like, it would have been really right. cool to explore that more. Um, but I, I guess, like, what really, like... Yeah, definitely. Again, like, learning more about that world that we didn't, yeah. Um, the thing that, like, was annoying was, like, there's no Sky Crew left. Like, literally, they're all living <laughs> in, like, bare in... Um, no, it's a big blue house. Never mind. It's a big yellow. Okay. Um, they're all living in this like creepy house. <laughs> um, and it's like, there's, there's literally like 
how many of them from Sky Crew left? Like Jackson, Miller, Clark, Raven. Um, Bellamy. Well, Bellamy and Octavia, but they're not like in St. Tim right now. Oh, got it. Oh, the Is ones that who it? Um, four? There's four. I mean, yeah, of Sky Crew. Like, I mean, you know, and then you have like Amori and Gaia. And, oh, Murphy. That's the other one. Yeah. I didn't. Well, no, but I mean like just Sky Crew people, like kid people or who adult. People from the arc. Yes. There's literally like five of them in Sanctum. Like, and it just, it, it makes me mad again at Octavia choosing fighting to be like the the thing in um in the bunker because like obviously people from um the ark didn't know how to fight you know they barely like exercise their bones were probably like bird bones <laughs> right like if you watch the expanse <laughs> if you grew up in space um earth's gravity is not great to, for you mm-hmm. exactly so like i it just like it just makes me sad and like angry a little bit that like that's it like now we have like now we're dealing with all these factions and it's just like they're not even like characters they're like a mob like the character is the mob (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's just a bunch of like i think selena called this out in her review she's like i fucking hate these like angry crowd scenes because they all sound the same they all look the same like it's the same like Mm -hmm. you know one person will will rise above and be like death to primes and that's it that's all you hear or whatever and like everyone else is just rabble 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 in the background and you're like listen fine great death to primes i don't give a fuck why is sky crew still here (laughs) Like, why not just, I mean, they clearly have enough room in their house. Like, why not just go live in that house? And also, like, do Bellamy and Octavia get a room? Like, how come nobody mentioned them at any point? It was so bizarre. Like, oh, things are, like, going down in Sanctum. Like, maybe call Bellamy, the person who actually is, like, experienced with speeches, although Clark's was amazing. Um, Like, it's just, like, no one thought to be like, where, where is Bellamy? Where are those people? Where is Bellamy? Like, (laughs) huh. No one said that. No one asked. No one said, like, this is, well, this room is for Bellamy. Like, Yeah, no, or, or like just, that. like, you know, casually being like, man, I hope Bellamy and Octavia make it back soon. Or, you know, something. <laughs> something. Yeah, like, some mention of, like, oh, they said they'd be a few days. So that yeah. you know, like, that's why no one's talking looking about them. them or looking for them. Like, this, like, and this goes back to, like, oh, are we supposed to take all these people as a family unit now? Well, but when you disregard the relationships for what they are, like, you can't just, like, throw Play-Doh around and make new things whenever you feel like it. Like, (laughs) it's, it doesn't work like that. I don't know. I mean, mean, you know, yay for Clark and Raven speaking to one another. Like, wow. Yeah. Who knew? Um, that was good. Um, I, can I just say, Yeah, say whatever um, you want. We're just yelling. to, To, to be clear, I, uh, I wasn't saying that, uh, my point wasn't that there are no grounders left. I was just saying that the, um, there's no analog. There's no, nothing comparable to the grounder story, to the grounder mythology to hook you up with, with the whole sanctum stuff, you know, like back on earth, that's what we cared about because the grounder story in part, because the grounder story was a relatable and, and, you know, um, epic story. Whereas uh, here, there's no analog to that. Like the Sanctum people, um, it's just their mm-hmm. their conundrum is just not as, uh, I don't know, not as um, pitiful or not as sympathetic as, as the... Uh, 
Well, well, that's like, I I think like, no, I completely agree. But that's also why I'm like upset there's no Arcadian people because that's how I felt about the Ark people. Right, no. Like those are like, you you know, like everything they went through, all the, everything that they like, um, they sacrificed to like get to the ground, like the limited lives they lived and they finally got to like experience like quote unquote life. Um, And and that story is like done. Like there's, there's like five of them. (laughs) Well, and and right. I think I think that there was also the the issue of, you know, in some ways, yeah, the 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 children of Gabriel. It's tragic they were you know cast out mm-hmm. for you know whatever reason. But again, we haven't apart from us meeting Gabriel, who was kind of a dick and killed a bunch <laughs> of babies. Um, you know, baby there's killing. not really any reason for us to like care or feel bad for them who want to like come back to Sanctum. And then you know, on the other hand, we have you know, the people, the followers of the primes. And at that point, like, it's really hard to be sympathetic to them in term. And, you know, Guy explains it, you know, as, as, you know, faith is, is sometimes stronger than truth. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make me more sympathetic to you if you're willfully ignorant and kind of dumb. Like, I don't, (laughs) I, 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 I have absolutely no connection to that. If you have been shown that you, a, you know, put put people who did really terrible things to your own people in this godlike role, and then are then expose them as frauds, and you're like, well, actually, I'm still gonna follow them. Like, I still, it still feels really cozy to have these like yoga sessions. Like, I'm I'm still into it, and you're just kind of like, well, cool. I don't give a fuck about you either. Like, <laughs> I I don't care. Um, and so you know, to sort of put two thirds of the episode, three quarters of the episode, and likely I would guess seven A on this storyline is not great, Bob. It's not yeah, great. I forgot about the Tai Chi. Right? We're just gonna <laughs> fine. Like uh <laughs> when I was watching uh to take my notes, um my girlfriend actually said something to the effect of you always know when it's a weird little cult because all fucking cults on TV shows have the exact same berry dyed loose fitting clothing. Like every single one of them. <laughs> always the same colors always yep. the same sort of like movement clothes um you can't yeah. brainwash people if they're in jeans obviously too tight too much blood flow to your brain exactly. um all right uh i guess we can move us along uh do you guys want to talk about the conversation between russell and jordan that seemed you know yeah pivotal? yeah and it was you know it was really well acted i think i was kind of i was really trying to pay attention to all the sanctum stuff but it was like it was a little bit tough um, but I, I kind of like perked up a little with this little exchange. I thought like, um, Shannon, um, Cook did a great job. Um, J.R. Bourne is, he's an excellent actor. So I think like there seemed, just felt, um, it felt dynamic. It, it felt good. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 we got some information out of it, you know, that the, the adjust, getting adjusted, um, is not just woo woo. Like, mm-hmm. clearly it does something because, you know, we get to see those weird Fibonacci circles and, and whatnot. Um, the seashells. Yeah. I mean, that's also good. Um, I, I guess it could have been emphasized or developed more, but that's good uh, background to the whole Sanctum thing. Like, these people, that's, you know, to give you more context that these people aren't just stupid or insane. Mm-hmm. Maybe totally, because like maybe there's something they see something, and they and all they, see the same they were thing. Just, yeah, and they were just told to interpret it this way, um, and you know they saw the whole sanctum built with that same shape, and and everything. So they they had like some 
you know, with their limited knowledge, they had some reason to to believe it. I wonder if it's if 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 we're going to get a moment like we did in three oh seven, where we saw how the you know the the infinity symbol sort of tied everything together um, in terms of grounder mythology, tying it back with Becca. Like clearly, you know this this you know seashell looking shape, um, you know ties in with the anomaly and wherever the fuck hope came from and. You know, I guess maybe it somehow ties in with all of the other planets that are populated. I don't know. Like, yes, that part was interesting. I wonder if, like, the the Fibonacci sequence, um, if, so when you look at the, the seashell, like the spiral, if it's, like, if it explains the time dilation, so, like, those points where the lines match up, like, maybe they, if you see time is expanding, that mm. they jump to those expanded spirals. So those, like... This the inner inner spiral. Um, time goes, you know, relatively fast, um, and it's like you know a um, a planet closer to the sun versus a planet farther to the um, to like how long a day is. Or oh no, I guess that's rotation. Um, I guess how long a year is. I don't know anything about this stuff, so ignore me. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's just like it takes longer to go around, um, and maybe that's how it's connected. Something. <laughs> I mean, it does look like uh, one of those, you know, time bends back on itself type of things. Um, so, yeah, I think it has some connection like that. I still don't know if time dilation explains what we're seeing um, from from the anomaly. But, yeah. um, I mean, I don't know if time travel explains it either. So, <laughs> and Jason said that it's not time travel. So, who knows? Um, time is behaving badly. Exactly. Time is misbehaving. Yeah. Um. So. Sorry. Why are we talking about the anomaly? Oh, just because when Russell and Jordan were talking about the the Fibonacci. Oh right. Yes. Um. But that was kind of the only thing that we really got from that, and that Russell is somewhat suicidal. Um. But not really. Like, I mean, if he, he wants to be killed, he doesn't want to kill himself. Yeah. Right. Is that the deal? What What's up with that? Like, why does he just kill himself? because <laughs> maybe they got the note that they shouldn't do that they shouldn't have people kill themselves on this show anymore um, <laughs> you know it's a pretty pretty strong note no, that they time. that they have ignored for several years so maybe maybe they're taking the note and clearly they didn't want to get rid of jr um because he's you know a great actor and brings a lot of charisma to to the cast but you know having him be mopey sad um russell you i know, mean that i mean they could have like had him do some attempts some suicide attempts and be unsuccessful or whatever someone save him it, it, they don't have to it doesn't have to be successful it just make more sense than him being like either kill me or leave it's like who the fuck says that <laughs> i don't think they wanted to touch any kind of suicide thing yeah which like, thing finally <laughs> but it, it, clearly they 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 didn't have anything else to do with russell they're like fuck it i guess we'll just possess him with shade hedda yeah exactly and is so like how a, exactly does shade hedda get in russell's head bluetooth <laughs> well i think that bluetooth. airdrop i don't know yeah no that that's like there was like the at some point someone said a line apparently that was like oh that's when they configured the like cloud for the chips to like back up or something. Schmiatz is Schmiatz. what happened. Schmiatz. Schmiatz. And so I, in an interview, like was... Jason spells it out. Well, if you think about like that has like sort of like this, so like something like he doesn't even know. He's just saying something like that happened, whatever it was that would have made it work. It worked. And that's there's not happened. an answer for you. Shady, there's no answer. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just accept Don't it. Ask questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we have anything else about Russell and Jordan? 
Um, I guess, should we so talk I... to Shade Hada? Uh, we can. I, I was going to move us through a little bit more chronologically, uh, okay. you know, because then we have the confrontation yeah. outside and like, the, go for it. Is that, did you have something else to change? I, I wanted, I just wanted to say that I'm actually happy with the way that they, uh, the direction they took Jordan. Really? Uh, Jordan's character. Yeah, bec- I mean, compared to what was happening last, because like at the very end of la- the last season, it kind of looked like Jordan was going to be like a, uh, um, prime believer or something mm-hmm. or, and it's just gonna be annoying um but he actually serves an interesting function he, he's like a trusted character among the prime believers well not anymore mm-hmm. because he was like you he's can trust clark and then clark was like we're gonna kill russell so i guess he's lost a bit of his credibility <laughs> well but well, at least he's not I'm, like yeah we'll get to that yeah clark basically lost her credibility. well yeah but it's clark she can do whatever the fuck she wants yeah. um so outside, we have this big rabble, rabble, rabble confrontation between Sanctum and Children of Gabriel and just all of that. And I would like to call attention to uh, one of Indra's lines. Every battle plan is perfect until the first shot is fired, which actually I wasn't sure if that was a nod to Mike Tyson because he has a very famous quote where he says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um, but I would like to I, I would like to believe that it was a nod to to Mike Tyson. Let's that go was, with that. Yeah, let's okay. go with that. Um, but anyway, uh, rabble, rabble. It's always good to believe what you like to be true. Exactly. I like to live in this bubble. Um, awesome. Anyway, do, what do you guys think about, you know, everybody yelling and then, you know, Murphy and... Fuck. Kay, sorry, Kaylee and Daniel um, come Kaylee in Daniel. To, to sort of break it up and not be incestuous. <sighs> um i mean it just was like it was so hard to care about it (laughs) um i think like with um amori and murphy um jumping in i i like that amori studied up on her role like she was reading the diary she's amazing i love amori so much um and so like i love that like, this nerd Amori that they've been building up is, like, she exists. She is real. Like, she is nerd Amori. Um, and so she knows what's up. So she can actually answer people's questions and, like, play the role realis- like with realism. Um, Murphy is just... I guess I get frustrated when he gets consumed by the whole guilt thing because I, I just always like cockroach Murphy. Like, I, I like thinking that Amori is his only exception and everything else is about his survival. Um, and like, I get that that does not paint him in the best light, but to me, that's like interesting. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's like, uh, admirable and yeah, noble. I, I mean, I have a very similar feeling. It, it, like I, the way I described it was, um, Murphy's character is kind of in a limbo right now because like, he is not really made for this sort of feeling guilt and feeling like, you know, um, that he actually cares about something that he did. Um, on the other hand, there was, like, they kind of cornered themselves into this, like, there was no other place to take him. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I agree with you that it would have been better if they could have found a path back to, um, not, you know, I mean, he doesn't have to be, like, season one Murphy. Mm -hmm. He's just, you know, he's still back to, okay, honestly, I don't give a fuck about this ridiculous that you guys are doing 
um, and I just want to go live somewhere with Emory. Hmm. Um, that that would have been yeah, that would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Deuces. Uh, um, but yeah, so crowd stuff. Um, that's all. I, I really had nothing apart from Raven getting some good lines. Yeah, she she had some good lines. Um, people were yelling. That was so. I I guess this is as good any time yeah. to say it. The um, I definitely very much appreciate and love stories about um, building a society from the ashes of a collapsed mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is kind of my thing. Like, I love it. Like, I it's your story I, fetish. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah and like it, it's happened Bob's historically you've got building societies yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um it, it's happened several times in history for different societies and it's always a very interesting story when, when it's successful and when it's unsuccessful and uh, i mean the story of america you know being created from like, you know, a bunch of British colonies who were like, okay, we're going to decide for ourselves what to do now. And then, they, you know, they were like, whoops, there are Shit, other people. Okay. <laughs> uh, they were like, well, okay, how do we do this now? And so, I mean, and, and if you think about it, like back then, there was the only, the only model that really existed was monarchy. So, and, and aristocracy. So, you know, people were thinking, okay, how do we create one that's not like that? You know, and that explains a lot of the um, sort of challenges and tensions of the time. Anyway, so I, I like this sort of story. And like I said before, I like their, their sort of realism that they pick up where they left off with the with all the different factions and everyone um, still wanting they want what they wanted. Um it, I, I just was disappointed with Clark, basically. Like, Clark... Uh, so, like, he, obviously, like, what... It seemed like what she was going for uh, the whole time was... Um, okay, we... Whatever that previous thing was, you know, was unjust. That was, that was not a fair system. Um, and we're not going to build another one based on, like, revenge and stuff like that. So let's try and build a um, fair society where people have, you know, everyone has like some say in it. Um, and, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, she went for that, what she, what she did. <laughs> like, Russell will die tomorrow. It's like, well, that's, uh, it's a that's little unilateral. Exactly, that's the kind of thing that's conducive to the crowds and, and yeah, like, yeah, so I don't know why she just negated everything that she was arguing for throughout the, uh, the, the, the beginning of the episode. And I mean, it would, it would have been really interesting to see an, an, an attempt that wasn't botched like that. Like they, they actually try at building, like maybe they start building a court and then they find issues with okay who gets to be on the court and what kind of judicial system people or whatever you know mm-hmm. um but it just went back to it quickly deteriorated into nonsense oh. sorry what were you saying Bubs? um oh shoot i missed my train of thought oh no i um i don't think she's gonna actually end up going that route but um 
what's funny is the last time she didn't kill somebody who had nothing to lose, um, and this is, what's his face? Uh, Emerson, back in season three. Um, it always backfires. So now that, like, yeah, mm. she's saying she's going to kill him. Um, but and then she's going to back out. She, yeah. And she's going to do what she wants Maddie to see as, like, a an example. Um, and she's not going to kill him. And he's shade hate on now. So, you yeah. know, always yeah. kill the person with nothing to live for, I guess, is the message the show is giving. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but what else can you take away from that? She let Emerson go, and then he blew up Mount Weather with um, Asgeta. Right? Like, every time Clark tries to be merciful, it's bad. Like, you would think that she would actually kind of learn a lesson. Like, I get that it goes against what you're saying, Shaheen, with, like, setting up, like, a society of laws and stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm just kind of like, you know what? When Mon Hedda decided to kill people and was just like, you're going to die, things worked out. <laughs> like, she should trust her instincts. I mean, quote unquote, worked out. Like well, it depends listen, on... better than Emerson. Like when she was merciful to Emerson, that didn't work out so well. It did not. Just saying. Things aren't going to work mean, out very Tom well. DC didn't work out really that well. My weather didn't work out that well. So Maybe same. maybe Clark just shouldn't be in charge, but I feel like that's maybe heresy to say. Um, can we move on to Gaia, Maddie, Indra, and Clark at the, you know, sisterhood of the soup yeah. table yes but can i just say <laughs> maybe it's not just bellamy who needs to lead with clark maybe clark needs to lead with bellamy just putting that out there just putting that out there mm -hmm. just saying just saying wasn't that always the idea that like you need both the both you know i guess you don't like this analogy i think Bubs, but uh the, the heart and the and the mind but like, yeah, they, it's always usually with these character duos, the idea is that they both need each other. Well, you um, know, otherwise, yeah. um, Clark inspires Bellamy and Bellamy inspires the people has like been like yeah, I mean, there a are, running theme. Yeah, and there that's based are on like the canon. Thing, yeah. Sorry. Right. No, sorry. I was saying that there are canon, many canon examples of both. Uh, that go both ways like bellamy talking clark out of some some stupid idea or clark talking bellamy out of some stupid idea mm -hmm. and examples of them not being around each other and doing stupid things because no one was there to talk them out of it um so yeah <laughs> well, like jaha said like you center each other yeah jaha was a wise dude crazy he was dude. the best leader on the show, I and I will go to my grave saying that. <laughs> I mean, he he was super effective. Super effective. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one gives him, like... Even when he was chipped, he was it was effective <laughs> at chipping people. Yeah. <laughs> he he did a good job. Like, you... When he put his mind to something, he, he did. He was effective. Horrible, yeah. but effective. <laughs> ah, um, Gaia and Maddie and Andrew yes, and Clark? Yes, let's do it. Is that... Can we, can we talk about all that? Um, I guess, you know, still a little squicky that Maddie has access to Lex's memories. Um, huh? <laughs> we'll just push that to the side. We've mentioned it. Now we're just going to move along. Um, but, Bubs, talk talk about this scene a bit, as, as well as um, some other sort of meta stuff that came out. Um, oh, 
Uh, wait, you want me to go into the Gark now? Um, I mean, we can talk about the scene, and then I guess we, you can talk about the uh, script to screen that we received. Oh, shit. I don't think I had, like, explicit notes for the scene. Um, oh, sorry. I mean, just really the, the entire so scene. So basically, there was some spark between Clark and Gaia. It wasn't as obvious on the screen. Well. But it's a thing. So, well, so yeah, I guess, like, leading into the premiere um there was some chatter i think after the i think after the trailer oh wait there was chatter about this so there was chatter about it but now that like now that i've seen the first episode i wonder if the chatter like and this is like my like um tin hat theory was it like it, it makes me feel like it was planted by the show to get people to talk about it because like unless people had been talking about it before i never would have picked up on it right because i have i have you know, you know that I'm looking for gay shit and everything oh, yeah. that I watch. Um, and I will say on first viewing of the scene between Clark and Gaia, I did not catch any vibes. Um, None. But then there was a script to screen where it's like pretty obvious that Gaia is supposed to be like feeling some feels. And maybe Clark too? Yeah, they said, what, what yeah. were the lines in the script? It was like... Um, Oh, shit. Like that she was sad to have missed Juan Hedda bowing to the, it, or kneeling to the commander? It was the, hold on. Um, I sent it to Shaquille earlier, so let me look. It was, um, so, so yeah, so, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. So, so guy goes, like, the night Juan Hedda knelt to Hedda, I'm sorry I missed that. And Clark's like, seems like another world. And then realize this is like the notes realizing that it in fact was another world makes the girls smile, eyes meet just when it's clear that their mutual concern and love for Maddie is deepening into something more personal a dis a distant explosion of shadows whatever, um, so those are the directions. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel anything. No. I so I mean, one possibility obviously is that it was just bad directing. Or they um, cut it, or they or edited they it. Sorry to Mr. Freeman. Or, um, yeah, because, I mean, we always, you know, praise the actors, and, you know, the actors are awesome, but you need a good director to get a good acting out of the good but, actors. But I think, like, it's also um, just, like, some some people have chemistry. And, and, like, this is, like, I wrote this in um when I was... So I watched the episode when it premiered. I watched it this morning, and then I watched it while I took notes. So when I was finally watching it while taking notes, um, and I had written, I had like stopped to just write up all of my thoughts on, you know, Clark and Gaia. And um, I wrote them like not really paying attention to what was going on on screen. But so when I watched what was on screen and I was taking additional notes, I got to the part where Clark is talking to Raven. And I just felt that so much more than I felt the Gaia scene. And I was just like, mm. if that's the direction they're heading, like, I mean... I don't hate it. On paper, it's fabulous. What, Gaia and Clark or Raven? No, Gaia and Clark. Got On it. paper, it's fabulous. I get, like, the family vibes they're trying to do, but if this is actually meant to be romantic, like, God. Like, Raven and Clark have so much more chemistry. And um, I think, like... But God doesn't love me that much. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> it's, like, it's the same thing with, like, Becco. Like, why didn't Bellamy just get with Raven in space? Like, she, Raven's always the one who gets neglected. Like, right? Like, Raven yeah. can get it from anyone. 
anybody, anyone would volunteer. And yes, seriously. Um, yeah, so I kind of, yeah, sorry, um, not, not to, uh, puncture your balloon, Bubs, but I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm skeptical of the idea of chemistry (laughs) between people, not the science of chemistry, but, um, the idea that people have chemistry, I don't know. I, I feel like it's mostly dependent on the uh, mood and the, and your state of excitement and how you, you feel. So like if, and, and between actors, I think they can, if they work on it, if they, if they do multiple takes and they keep doing it until it comes out right, I think they can get it between any two actors. I don't know if I, I, um, I, thought, I would disagree. I would yeah. disagree. Um, yeah, because you believe in the chemistry bullshit. <laughs> I mean, there's just like, there are just certain pairings that you see and you're like, that actually is totally working for whatever reason, whether or not, you know, it's the actors acting, if it's just something inherent in the way that they play their scenes together. But like something happened either in the editing room or when they were actually filming the episode. Like, I don't, you know, obviously we don't know what takes that they, you know, had or didn't have or, you know, what they did with, with the scene with Guy and Clark. Maybe they did film some more romantic seeming ones and then decided, no, we're not going to do that, you know, and ch- right. change it in the editing mm-hmm. room. Like, hard to say. We don't actually know. But I will say that whatever That's what I'm saying, yeah. wound up on screen was not the romance that we were kind of being led to from the script. That no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that at all. What I'm saying is oh, like, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure if it's a function of the like inherent in the two actor actresses, or it's, it's a matter of editing and, and directing and like how many takes they did. Like if, if the, uh, you know, director is like, okay, here we want to see some real sparks. So let's do that again. Or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I was just saying... I, I, I don't, don't know think if it's you a, can... I still stand by that, like, just some people, just just in their personalities, like, match up in a certain way that, like, when they express these emotions that they are portraying, like, it just, like, clicks. And, but, and hmm. sometimes it doesn't. As as a Balarker who is probably going to be disappointed... Oh, <laughs> I'm just like I've already like put all the you made your dirt over feeling. my grave already. Like, so how do you feel about Glark? Should, well, if for whatever reason they decided to do that, when it, so I like I said, um, is it even lack as of a Glark? Well, no, but like yeah, yes, and I'll get into that. But like yes, even even um. If it had all the buildup, what I'm seeing is, like, there's not a lot of chemistry. But I, on paper, I would think it's great. But, like, based on what I've seen and the lack of buildup, it's just, like, why? It's just, like, it's such a, like, safe choice because, like, what are fans going to say? This, like, um, interracial gay ship is terrible like like no one can say anything like it's it's and again Gaia looks good this season so she looks good she's beautiful she has these huge eyes and and she's like adorable um but it's like so in another world where this was actually what they were deciding to do um imagine this so in season four no Neela instead Clark and Gaia have like a flirtation where they meet there's a flirtation. Gaia is the one um, that has, like, that talk about, like, you know, Lexa. You know that Neela, like, talked about Lexa with Clark. But actually having Gaia do it because she actually fucking knows Lexa. <laughs> um, and then um, they keep it light, sassy. Um, but, you know, it's the end of the world. So when things get too real, 
they finally fuck. <laughs> like you um, do. and then um, they have this emotional like you know when Clark is leaving to go try to find Raven, try to get Raven. You know they have this whole like see you soon slash good luck from the bunker. And then in season five, um, they're happy to see each other, but then you know conflict arises because Clark doesn't like Octavia's regime, um, and Guy is obviously like a huge part of that. Um, but you know she also trusts Gaia. So then um, she sees that Guy is team Maddie, um, but she doesn't know if it goes beyond that. And she really more misunderstands at first, thinking that, like, um, she's putting Maddie in danger purely for, like, religious reasons. Mm -hmm. And then so, and then Gaia appeals to Bellamy, who also wants to save, quote unquote, everyone, gag me. Um, And then it's like (laughs) this, so... Clark sees this as, like, a joint betrayal of, like, Guy and Bellamy um, against her, and that's what sends her over the edge um, after Maddie's finally been shipped. Um, And so that makes more sense that Clark is so upset because it's, like, everyone's against her. Um, You've you've thought about this. And then, and then in the end, (laughs) um, Guy tells Clark it wasn't just about religion. She knew Maddie would be followed, and she knew that would protect both Maddie and Clark. And pave a better life for all. Um, so kind of just like Clark just left to think about that. That it's not just about Maddie. It's also about her. And so then in season six, um, Gaia isn't weirded out by the Josephine Clark thing. She's just crushed and worried by this like non-reactions that she's getting from her. And so she tells Maddie like several times that she needs to be strong for Clark because Clark needs Maddie. Um, and so... She doesn't, she makes it not just about like her flame keeping duties, but you know, about Clark too. And then in the final scene with the chip, it's not just about choosing Maddie over the chip, it's also about choosing Clark too. And so now we get to season seven, and now we jump into everything we're seeing now. Guess how much fucking sense it would make now? (laughs) You know, and so it would make a lot of fucking sense. Thank you. But we don't have any of that. We have like, so this is the kind of thing. That when in twenty years from now, when you you're a Hollywood studio director, you're gonna make this movie and you're gonna hire Joe and I, since I'm still not. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this is this Joe's... leading back to a you still not being tenured joke? Because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying. I hope that we bring this up every pod um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, you're welcome. In twenty years, when Shaheen still doesn't have tenure, go on. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Um, Bubs is gonna hire us. Of she's course. gonna be a filthy rich Hollywood director. <laughs> um, and aw. she's gonna be obnoxious on Twitter. Probably. Oh, I will never not be obnoxious on Twitter. Um. <laughs> all right. So I think that we have really sort of analyzed that scene probably more than I mean, unless we want to talk about Maddie telling Clark, you know, not that she watched her real mom die. I mean, I guess we could talk about Clark's emotional journey about how she's you know repressing yeah. everything, whatever. I don't. I- it feels like that was supposed to be like one of the major takeaways. So I guess like we should probably talk about that. I mean, that's that's all I got. Blah blah blah. Clark is <laughs> Clark is Clark gonna Clark I mean, and are we gonna talk about Maddie herself? Yeah. What do you want to say? Well, I mean, I just um, that's also another thing that I think is um, theoretically it's very interesting. Just like a child who was uh, who grew up in this really um sort of um i don't know primitive type culture and was told that she was uh some sort of divine 
uh, commander and, you know, raised for that, with that idea her entire life. And then she was commander for a little while. And now she suddenly needs to live like a, I guess, a quote unquote normal girl, which is, I guess, by de definition, um, modern Western 20th century, 21st century person. Um, but anyway, like that change of environment is interesting. Like how, how does one handle that? What happens, you know, to them, to their psyche and, and what is their journey like? Um, <clears throat> it's just a, a little, um, like, I don't know if it's underdeveloped, but like, I don't, I'm not really feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling like what, what would be, what would Maddie be going through? Like, what does she even know about being a quote normal girl? Like, does she even care about being that? Like, why, why would she? I, I don't know. Like, what is exactly her mindset? We're not really let in on that much. I, I think it's a great point that we aren't let in on it. Um, absolutely. We're not let in on it. We have no idea how she feels and we didn't know how she felt last year, really. Um, but I would say that like, she was a normal, well, as normal as you can be as the only, the last two people on the surface of Earth um, for season six. So for, for six years, she had a quote unquote normal life where they just like fished and I don't know, <laughs> dyed each other's uh -huh. hair. Um, Whatever the fuck people do in the woods. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so it wasn't really like, I mean, season five um, in part, in like six was when she was like, quote unquote, um Hedda and she, I don't I think like the span of that um if you were to like start a timer through all of it um and pause it while they were in cryo is like maybe three weeks so like most of her life was not being the commander um most of it was just being herself um but I mean being herself entailed like living in the woods and like even when she was a grounder like this is even different from that. Like, this is radically different from being a grounder, even, you know? Mm. Uh, just, like, having uh, having soup in the morning, going to class, coming, like, that's not a grounder thing either, you know, coming home. Like, remember when we first saw Mount Weather and there were all these kids being going to school, we were like, wow, so these people still have schools. And, you know, so I don't know, like, it's... Like, what does Maddie even know about school and going to school? What does she even want to go right? to Right, like, to be like, hey, like, I want her to have a normal childhood. And you're like, well, so putting her in this, like, completely, quote-unquote, normal experience isn't a normal childhood for her. It's a weird, like, right. performative dance that she's having to do. Like, I would imagine, like, <laughs> sitting in a schoolroom, being still, and paying attention to something is yeah. really not a normal day for her. Mm -mm. Right. Yeah. And, like, what is she going to learn? Like, unless they're, like, teaching her actual things, learning the history of the primes and stuff, like, why are they wasting her time? I don't... Uh... Yeah. Again, I love the premise, and, you know, I, w I would love to know more about how she's feeling, yeah. just give more meat to the, to how, like, her struggles and, you know, yeah. Right now she's in service. She must have a lot of identity crises story. going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... Do we have anything else on them? I don't think so. Um, after that, I just thought that we would, I guess, move on to the big 
kaboom at the end, the Clark and Russell stuff, and then oh. we'll take a quick little break and I- talk about the anomaly, unless you have other stuff. I have one last comment okay. about Please. Clark. Um, it's the, so when they're walking into the house, they have this like synced walk thing, which is is the Bullark thing. Um, but like, I was like, at first I was like annoyed that they did that because I'm like, that's a Bullark thing. thing." But then I was just like, you know what, but they're doing it wrong because like anytime that Bullark does it, it's like this, like, like a tense moment. Um, in, in season one, I think in the finale, it's even like in slow motion as they like walk away from like a fire. Um, and, and so it's just like this one, when I watched them, like, there's like, no, they're not putting the emotion stuff behind it. They're not doing all the things to make it like pop. (laughs) They're sink walking poorly. I mean, I I don't think, I don't think that Gaia and Clark is going to be a thing. Like, again, as as my girlfriend likes to tell me, God doesn't love you that much. Um, <laughs> you know, when I want when I want some gay shit to happen. But, like, you know, and I do feel, you know, bad for you, bubs, having put your time seven years into this and are 99.9% not going to get your Balark finale. Well, um, I, I get my comeuppance by, like, this show will always on screen be like it was supposed to be Balark, and then they didn't do that, and it's confusing. <laughs> so that's enough for me to live with, because the show shot itself in the foot. Well, the show was trying to, quote-unquote, not be about ships, and the only thing that it will be remembered for oh, are Klexa sh- and Balark. And killing Bellamy early, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so fun to look forward to that. <laughs> um, Goodbye, your legacy. Hooray. Um, all right, let's talk huzzah. about Clark and... Huzzah! <laughs> let's talk about Clark and Russell. Um, I really... The only note that I really have is boo fucking who, Russell. Like, I are we supposed to feel sorry for him? Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel sorry for him, though. Shaheen, did you feel sorry for Russell? I... No, I don't... I don't get Russell. I... I... <laughs> I never got Russell. I kept saying from the very beginning, like, he has very interesting morals and conscience. Like, the structure of his conscience is very interesting. Like, things that he considers right or wrong, like, he was really, um, he had a lot of trepidations about, um, killing Clark when they thought they were, they were killing, they were killing Clark by putting Josephine in her head. Um, he thought that was like really wrong and he want when, and her, and his alternative was let's get a willing host. So he thought that, you know, tricking people into thinking that you're God and then taking their brain is not as wrong, at least it's much less wrong than doing it by force. So I, I don't know. It's just, I don't quite understand what he thinks is right or wrong or how he, he feels about in, in this episode, it just seems like all he really, the, the, the only thing he's upset about is, uh, that his family died. Um, he's not even really remorseful about anything, right? Like, he's not even sorry about the whole crime thing. He just, uh, he's just sorry that his family died. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. But now he's about to yeah, be Yeah, so I don't dick. know. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I'm, again, this is another character that we were kind of left in the dark about, like, their inner life, you know? Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, I I'm definitely disappointed in Clark. I don't. I mean, I get okay punching him, whatever. But what the fuck, man? Like you're you you were acting this whole time like someone put you in charge of rebuilding the society on sound grounds and you know self-appointed <laughs> founding mother like what what the fuck is that <laughs> she just completely lost it what and, the fuck is uh, that ruined everything and everyone is like no one can criticize clark it's like she can do no wrong everyone's like no it's she was angry or whatever um i don't know i'm kind of sick of clark doing stupid shit <laughs> I mean, I don't even view it as doing stupid shit. I'm kind of like, Russell does deserve to die. Like, he's a really bad dude. That's not the point. The point is we want to build a society where you don't just get to decide who deserves to die or not. I mean, It doesn't matter how much you think is right. The point is you're not the one to discuss. The process is not right. (sighs) It's not about the outcome. The process is bullshit. You don't. I mean, yes, I will give you that, that there is no clear that, like, either Clark is in charge and she has ultimate say, or she's not. And the story kind of waffles between that, and so she abdicates that power until she decides, fuck it, I'm going to take that power. Um, So yeah, there is an inconsistency there, or at least a problematic sort of thing with her character there. Um, I can get why she changed, you know, but... Again, it was all in service of, ooh, the big scary reveal that Shade Hedda is alive in Russell. And, like, at least Russell wasn't completely one-dimensional, but Shade Hedda absolutely is in terms of a villain, yeah. which is disappointing. I mean, I think this is something, like, on TV, we off- we always uh, expect... We're, we're happy as long as the person who, you know, quote, deserve to die, dies... We don't care about the process. Like we don't want to watch a, a court, you know. I'm not watching it's not law a court order. drama. Yeah, and so, but that's obviously like in this case, that's precisely the problem. Is that we don't want mob rule. We don't want people just deciding, oh, you killed my mom, so I'm gonna kill you, and then your daughter is gonna kill me, and you know, we want to build a society that that's based on rules and laws and fairness, and everyone gets, you know representation and they get to make their case um and even if you know he ends up being killed anyway um that's not the point right the point is we did it right and so it's a tension between like what a tv show is usually expected to be which is like if if is an annoying character who everyone wants to die she they should just kill him fast right this mm-hmm. is <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it contradicts the premise of the story. And especially what Clark was, you know, the horn she was tooting the whole time. It's like, I'm not going to let, you know, passions rule this society where my daughter is growing up. Um, anyway, so Clark is a mess up. <laughs> she means well, but she's a mess up. She does mean well. Um... I, I mean, I, I have nothing else to say about their interaction. You know, like, obviously Clark finally snapped. Everything that she was, like, trying to, like, say that is, everything's fine and normal, she snapped with Russell, and then, you know, we got the big the big airdrop Bluetooth reveal. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> um, yeah. So any, any, do you have any thoughts on it, Bubs? Um, 
I, I feel so bad that I don't because it was such a great emotional moment for Clark. And I think Eliza did a great job. Um, she always does a great job. That's the she thing. She always does like, a great job. Again, we always call it in, in our podcast being like, our complaint is with the writing, sometimes <laughs> the music, sometimes the editing. But like, the acting is always pretty fucking solid. It was it was really solid. And it was just, it just felt like a little melodramatic for her to snap like that. Um, because he like did something nice. And that's what made her snap. Um, not that that's, I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily bad writing. Um, but also, if anyone noticed, so when she gets her mom's ring back, it should be two rings, I believe. And there's only one ring on the necklace. I did not notice that. Mm. I mean, I noticed that it was one ring. I couldn't remember that it was supposed to be two. And because I think it was supposed to, so I think Abby put her ring on there too when she started like fucking Kane. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Kane and Abby. How? Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm I, wrong. Maybe it was just one. But I thought it was two. Going back to to Russell, um, was he trying to do a nice thing, or was he actually trying to Provoke like her? get Clark so? Yeah, so worked up that she'd kill him. I thought she was trying to be nice. He was trying to be nice. I don't know. I because I mean, he was kind of like, I have something for you. It was kind of like he was expecting a reaction. I mean, I don't know. At this point, do we care? No. Like Russell's gone. Like there, there goes another character that we were supposed to give fucks about, but meh. yeah. And also, yeah. so this whole sh- shade Heda thing that was going um, shit Heda. Yeah, let's just say that shit Heda. Um, last season, like, this whole thing that was, like, a side plot that, like, I didn't like last season. I don't know if I'm gonna like it this season, but, like, there was, like, you know, people chatter, like, is it gonna, like, tie to the anomaly? Is it gonna be all these things? And it doesn't seem like it is. And so, I'm just, like, you know what? He should have just, like, disappeared at the end of season six. Why are we here again? Like, (laughs) right. Unless it has something to do with them anomalying back to Earth and needing some sort of like Becca Prem had a knowledge, like, mm-hmm. and it's you know unlocked in Shade Hedda's code. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe we'll get yeah, to the threat of it being a, a an isolated sort of red herring makes it even worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if it ties into stuff, fine. I wish that that's not the road that we had to get there because again, he's not a compelling villain. Cage. Um, Cage was a compelling villain. Lexa, to a certain degree, was a compelling antagonist. Um, who else am I forgetting? Allie. Allie was great. Good villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Pike was a, was a more hmm? compelling. Aww, Even Pike was a more compelling. Yeah, like, Pike was fantastic. Like, I still have icky feelings about Pike. Icky mixed feelings. And that's, I, that's have... I think, the sign of a good yeah. problem. Yeah, <laughs> but as at this point, like again, like Shade had a feel so yeah. They've been excellent at creating villains for the most of the show. Um, yeah, Shade Hedda was just never a very sophisticated one. Yeah, maybe that's why he sticks around because it's easy to deal with. Him. I guess. Um, do you guys want to take a a quick little break and then we'll come back? Yes, my beer is empty, so yes. so we're done with the. Uh, Stuff. Yeah, unless you had the any more. Sanctum. Um, 
Let me see. I mean, you can certainly edit um, it in there. I actually didn't talk about any of my notes. Oh, fuck. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I may have accidentally. Um, so one thing is, uh, like the whole thing with um, the the primes being considered gods. Um, in it's sort of set up and justified in a weird way in this particular case, but it's it actually used to be a common thing that kings. And, you know, monarchs were, um, queens and monarchs were considered, um, gods or divine. Um, it's called divine intervention. And, you know, Is that the right one? Divine intervention, mm-hmm. you said? Um, I mean, that's the, for the king or the queen? No, I think maybe something else. Um, I don't know, but yeah, the, in any case, that's something that, and even the, the monarch themselves would believe it, um, you know. Um, so that's actually, you know, has precedent. Um, and so they could have maybe, um, yeah, maybe that, that could have been sort of used to make the story richer or the, you know, the, the side of the uh, sanctum people a little more um layered because you know they one argument could be like look even if the whole thing with like they think they're somehow different like they're not humans uh is not true they're just humans that are recorded on this chip um and they've been manipulating you but they still like have reverence for these people they still think of them as their sort of gods um regardless um, but yeah, anyway, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about that. Um, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like precedent for it. It's not exactly like it's sort of shocking. And the fact that the primes are the only ones who lived, you know, on earth and kind of jumped through time versus, you know, people who were raised to sort of believe this thing, um, of them. But at the same time, like it, Again, this is kind of one of those 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 failings of the show in terms of it was trying to do too many things last season because it could have really done a very interesting story about how sort of having all of this absolute power through lifetimes, essentially, has a way of sort of corrupting your own belief in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, after after a couple of different, you know, lifetimes of being told that you're a god and having people worship you and stuff it's probably pretty hard not to i mean it's if you look at it the same way that like celebrity worship happens here you know you get treated for for so long that you're above everyone else that like it's no surprise that after a certain point you kind of become a you know do you know who i am person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that the story could have done that last season and kind of made us explore that a little bit more um but instead it didn't mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i i, I agree with what you're yeah. saying shaheen yeah. i uh so another thing uh, i had was uh i was hoping that the chip that jordan stole would do something besides um, getting smashed yeah like it got that was like a violation of Chekhov's gun because, <laughs> you know, the, the rule Chekhov's gun is like... Well, yeah, but that... You, they showed us... Shade Hedo was the, was the Chekhov's gun, but it mentioned by Indra. Well, 
Well, the the rule is like you don't show any objects. You don't mention any object in the uh, in the story. If you're not going to do something, uh, you know the Russian novelist Chekhov apparently said this that you don't talk about any object unless it's being used at some point later in the story. Uh, it plays some role. So they like the camera stopped on the chip last season, um, but all it did was being smashed. I was hoping something more exciting would happen. Um, and like maybe maybe uh, Russell would put it in his head, and that's where Shade Hero would come from. At least that would make something. More sense. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we can't always get what um, we want. Yeah, a little quick thing. Did you see that painting in the in Russell's jail cell? Yes. Um, the painting on the wall with the infinity mm-hmm. symbol. Yeah. What is that about? I I think we're probably gonna find out. Maybe. Well, I would like to find out. <laughs> I tried to look at it closely, but it was, it was hard. Like you just see the infinity symbol. I think there's like a woman on the right side, and there was some writing on it. It said something, but I couldn't make it out. The plot thickens. I'm sure some geeks. I'm sure it's important because the it, they kept it like it in the scene in yeah. the take. Like they're very intentional with things. Yeah, it's just whether or not we get enough follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from your from your All notes? Right, I'm done. No, you're done. Okay. Um, meet yeah. back here in like five ish minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the anomaly um, with an A, not an O, um, mm-hmm. with Hope, uh, Echo, Gabriel, and kind of Bellamy, Who? I guess, and and some guy. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, yeah, the Bellamy in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's let's. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this. if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was actually no new shot of Bellamy, right? We saw someone from the back, some double who was being dragged. Mm-hmm. Um, there was yeah. So Bob Marley has not shot for for all we know, he has not shot anything for this season. I mean, they have not released any footage of him, right? Right. For all we know, yet so far. Correct. Oh my god, what if instead of old man Bellamy, we get like child Bellamy and and Octavia has to be his keeper? What if that's so, like but that that's tell that that doesn't sound good to me. That that sounds like <laughs> well, I didn't say that it <laughs> old Bellamy doesn't no, sound No, sorry, much not better. what you were saying, but the idea that uh we haven't seen any shot of Bellamy yet is to me that means we're not gonna see any. Um because you think he's not in the it, season at all? Right. Really? Um, yeah, I think that probably means there was some sort of kerfuffle behind the scenes. And oh, they definitely. just completely wrote him out of the show. No, I don't think he's completely out. But I think he's going to have a truncated Because there's no other reason line. why they wouldn't, they wouldn't at least shoot him for this little bit at the beginning of this episode. Where he was like... Crying. It was clearly a double that they hired to be Bellamy from behind. And then everything else was uh, from from last season. So that to me it says they, they don't have the actor. I mean, so Jason gave an interview and said, I mean, you know, take this with a grain of fucking salt, that Bob wanted some time off at the beginning. And so, you know, they like wrote it so that we wouldn't have Bob in the beginning or Bellamy in the beginning is the case, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, mm. So I, 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 I do think he's in okay. this season. I think 
And, you know, the rumor is also that, you know, his look this season would be too much of a spoiler. And I think everyone wants to gravitate towards old Bellamy, but, like, part of me is just, like, what if there's, like, super young Bellamy? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, like, Octavia Yeah, I don't know. Up- I'm, I'm, I'm not getting good vibes from this, but... No, but then let's no. trust the five-year-old... I'm- I mean, maybe I don't fucking know. I, it's it's definitely it's conspicuous and weird, and the fact that they're being super cagey is weird. Yeah, I think that he is in it. Um, I just think that like his arc is like super short, and then they kill him, and then like I don't know what emotional linchpin is going to exist on the show. <laughs> um, I mean, but it also is just like there was zero Blakes. In this episode, like, forget like, to see Ghost Octavia talking to Hope, but yeah, no, like, nothing. Two seconds, like, two it was seconds. just like, why? <laughs> I mean, yes, okay, they disappeared in the anomaly, but like, uh, why could somebody else disappear into the anomaly and people could just been like, eh, eh, sucks. I mean, like, I, I think it's interesting, like, I think that the Hope stuff is interesting, I think that the anomaly stuff is interesting. Uh, you know, you know that I don't hate Echo, but, like, they're definitely, like, they've dropped the ball on her character, and I don't give two fucks about Gabriel. Like, he... <laughs> Hot baby killer. And so I'm just kind of like, you took the most interesting story in this mm-hmm. whole episode, and probably this whole season. Like, fine, you want to do sci-fi? Let's focus on the sci-fi enough of, like, the Sanctum shit. But, like, instead you give us, like, you know, C-string characters to, like, bring us into that storyline. I'm just kind of like, womp womp. Yeah. Mm. But like I do think it's interesting, not necessarily my god. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but it's incredible. Uh not quite that, but like, you know, why does she have trust Bellamy? What does the note say? Does the note say anything important in the weird glyphs or is it just like, you know, hotel stationery and it's actually an address? Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well the whole trust Bellamy thing is interesting because she comes out of the anomaly before Bellamy goes in. Mhm. So, you know, I thought that maybe the time would still be forward moving, but it's like it's some of it's moving much faster than the plane that we're on. But if she has this trust Bellamy thing, like either A, there is some kind of backwards tiny thing or B, that's something Octavia wrote for when Hope went to Earth. Which I could see. I could definitely see that like or that. Hope gave herself a note to trust Bellamy because Octavia told her, like, uh, it it feels like it comes from from Octavia to Mm -hmm. me, but what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I I think that makes the most sense, too. And one of the, I think one of the most bizarre choices this season was, so, because we already saw Octavia disappear last Mm -hmm. season, um, is to have this season start and suddenly she says, come find me. Which was not in the scene that they shot last season. So they ADR'd that in, I guess. Um, why? <laughs> I, I'm shrugging behind my microphone. Yeah. That's all I got. I, because, I mean, they're going to go look for her. It doesn't, you know, they're going to go look for her. She doesn't need to say, come find me, especially since that was not in the finale. Um, so I thought that was an interesting choice. And I don't know. what What's going on? Like, is it on purpose? Like, is that like a, a story? Like... I if it was any other sh- well not any other show but if it was a show that was really like detail oriented I would be like <laughs> this is a hint yeah but I think this was like well we have to make it make sense that they go after her right um I mean, 
But why wouldn't they go after her? Yeah, like, one of your people disappears into the anomaly. Like, of course, that's what's going to happen. Though, I'm, you know, it is somewhat interesting that it wasn't Bellamy running into the anomaly to go find her. It was he, him being kidnapped by the invisible honeycomb people. Um, yeah. And then dragged dragged into the anomaly, which, again, cool mystery. They have the same face tattoos as Hope. So, like, obviously they, like, you know, share some sort of thing. They're being renditioned to Bardo. They have orders to kill Hope, but to take Echo and Gabriel. So, obviously, people know them. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's an interesting setup. I'm not, I'm not complaining about this. It's yeah. just the execution was... A little clunky. For sure. And like, you know how I loathe Echo with the fire of a thousand suns. Um, but I, I did feel like this element, this whole anomaly thing and like these invisible people, I there was like a part of me that was like kind of perked up and was like, yeah. what's going on? Like, what is what is all of this? And of course, like watching Echo get beat up is like top of my list of things I want to <laughs> see. Um, and I did feel it was funny because I did feel... Um, that, like, some of my complaints were listened to specifically in the storyline. Um, so I felt like... You have a long list, so I need you to be... I know, well, no, it's, <laughs> so part of it was, like, a little too literal. So I've said before, that, like, Echo needs to, like, you know, like, get, like, beat up and all these... But I didn't mean, like, actually beat up. Like, not physically beat up. I mean, like, so when we see Murphy in season three, um you know, get locked in that um, bunker by himself. And he has to be there. How how long was he there? Like 60 days? Three, three months. Three months. So, um, like, that was the start of his, like, his torture that he had to, like, endure. Like, that was, like, his pilgrimage of, like, all these things he had. Or not, what's the trials? His trials that mm -hmm. he had to go through. And he's Ordeal. Ordeal. Yes, thank you. All these things that he had to deal with, and it, it was like you watched him go through, it and you hated him in season one, really like, hated him. Um, and so you're, you're seeing all this stuff, and you're like, "Wow, that that would suck." Like, yeah, that that would suck. And so you kind of start to like open up to the character based on all these things that he's going through, and then like get, getting beat up in Polis and being like the butt of the joke in Polis. And I'm not going to bring up the rape because that was a step too far. Um, and that was not part of like, like, I love when he falls down the stairs. Like that was hilarious. And he was like, they're here <laughs> as he falls down the stairs. Um, so that's kind of what I asked for, for Echo. But like if invisible forces are going to beat her up and take it super literally, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing was like, she was called on her shit a little bit, you know, like Roan came back to be like. I mean, you claim you love Bellamy. You just like follow him. Like, what are what are you gonna do when you're not? He's not there to follow. Um, which it makes the because I don't think that they intended to make the relationship so bad. I think they intended to make it like a good relationship. But like, she's like his little minion. Like, yeah, he he like I think it, last season where um, the scene in like the the tavern where um, Clark's like. Uh, Russell's like, oh, are you in charge to Clark? And Bellamy's like, yes, yeah, she is. Take her with you because that was, like, safer. And um, he sent, like, Echo and Raven to, like, the dangerous area and just, like, sent them, like, yeah, it, it, like, orders. And I was just like, I mean, that's not how you treat... I don't know. Um, so the fact that they're, like, call, like, she has to, like, come to terms with, like, her subservience, basically. Um... I guess I appreciated that, but like, it, it's still like the whole 
when she um when she's seeing like um real Echo and Roan and she says like I'm sorry and she fires through them like I really felt like I was supposed to be like emotionally gutted by that and like feel for her I don't know it felt flat and I can't like I can't tell if it's because I'm biased like did that guy did that move you guys or not um I mean we were generally not really uh involved much with that whole guilt um trip of Echo we were shown what happened quickly and, and that was it, right? So, yeah, I guess, I don't know, like, how guilty she, fe- she, she you know, feels and, like... We haven't spent enough time in her headspace to, like, yeah. have that really land. I mean, it was great to see Zach back um, as Rowan. Yeah, like, I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like, uh, I liked it for the... For the reason that Bubs was saying, also like the um, echo being called on her bullshit, because I mean that's one of the things that uh, I always liked about the shows. Every character gets called on their bullshit by some other character, and they have their own bullshit, but someone else will call them out on on theirs. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And Ouroboros Even Clark gets called like... out, and you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean. And then and then she shoots the honeycomb people finally, <laughs> and then like kills them. I was like, actually you could have interrogated them; they were no longer invisible. Like, but no, we just have to kill them outright. Cool, 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 cool. excellent, well, excellent spy work there, um, Echo. Really, really good, good recon. Fuck. Well, no. Speaking of the spy work, though, like so to me. Oh shoot, this is my well. Actually, whatever. Um, it was like sometimes they cared about the invisible people and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they just like run. And I'm like, but, but the, 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 like even yeah. after they shot them, like, so you don't know how many invisible people, like maybe they split up. Like you don't know. Like you can't see them. <laughs> um, and so like the fact that like they just, if there was no consistency for when, when they were like looking around me, like, are they here? Like, you know, and when they were just like running and like it didn't matter. Um, I, I wish that was a little bit more cleaned up. Um, and the other thing was like, so when um, Tasia asks, or Tasia, sorry, Echo asks um, Hope, like, um, how fast can you run? And she's like, I don't know. She had just spent like five minutes running. <laughs> but and she I, didn't know how fast it was compared to anyone else. But like, <laughs> but like, it's like, did you, did you want like her to run a mile and somebody time it? Like, Either also, you know that you're an af- athletic runner, or it was like really tough, and you're just like huffing and puffing. You know. For example, I know that I have two speeds. I have walking and mm-hmm. not walking, and the not walking is faster than the walking. I wouldn't say that there is a difference between my jog, my run, and my sprint. It's the exact same speed, all of them. <laughs> um, and I know that about myself because um, I'm a shitty runner, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, but, so but I, I, I took that line. Sorry, I took that line to be that we were supposed to have a hint that maybe either she hope was always locked up as an adult and like never ran before, or that she came through the anomaly when she was a child and therefore has no idea like how fast she can run as an adult. Does that? I thought it was just because she couldn't remember anything. Right. I thought that it meant that she doesn't remember anything about herself. I mean, I was just going to say that, like, um, 
they, they they should ask her like a positive question, not a negative question. Like, like, what do you mean a positive question? So like the instead of asking her, do you remember? Don't you remember this? Don't you remember that? They should just ask her, what do you remember? Like, what exactly? Because it, it it seems like like do, do you remember anything? Like, do you is this your first as far as you you know? Your first conscious experience of the world, or what is going on? Like, is Echo that um, deep? It's just like, does it, what is the last thing you remember before we started yelling at you and, and you ran away? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, Solaris. I guess. Yes. I'm. Have you seen Solaris? Mm-mm. I I, I, I recommended it on this podcast. And yeah, but you I know, I don't listen to our you podcast. You guys haven't seen. Yeah, there's uh it's a really good movie. I mean there are two versions of it. Anyway, um the there's so I guess spoilers maybe. Um there there are like these clones that are produced and the uh the one of them is like uh as soon as he's produced, he sees his himself like his version that he was cloned from in front of him and um, that th- that guy is freaking out, um, seeing the clone, so is running towards him to like attack him or something, and so his his like telling the story and his like so it's the first thirty seconds of my existence in the conscious world, and oh what is that oh some dude is trying to kill me, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like yeah. Um, that's kind of what hope seems like. I mean, I'm definitely interested. Like, again, this is the most interesting sort of aspect of the story. And clearly from the preview next week, we're going to be going to wherever the fuck they ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see hope. And I actually, I, I feel like um, Shelby Flannery, like, I find her to be pretty compelling. Like, she's interesting and whatnot to me. Um, but... Something, yeah, like, just something about the way that this whole thing was set up. I was like, why are you... They're being illogical. Maybe that's it. Maybe that was kind of my issue. Like, and I know that you rail against the illogicalness of things, but, like... (laughs) What do you mean they're being illogical? Um, I mean, Echo flat out killing the rest of those, the the honeycomb face people, instead of interrogating Uh them. Like, that is out of character, I feel like. So, I forget, uh, there were only two of them, right? Were there two or three? Three. Three. I remember three. But I'm not so, sure. So, the three? Because she, she killed, she injured two. I thought that one of them died immediately. And the other one was waking up to, to kill Hope. And that's when uh, Echo put him out. I mean, okay, so kick him in the face, like... Shoot him in the leg again, maybe the arm. Just don't, like, unload your entire clip into him before you can, like, ask a question. Be like, so, who are you? What's up? I mean, and how are you invisible? About- how? Also that, like, how is that not, like, the most, like, <laughs> interesting, you know, we have invisible people now. No one was weirded out by it. Well, Nobody was yeah, weirded out by I it. Mean, how, did, <laughs> how did they even think that that's what's happening? That was my question. Like, if... When Echo got was getting like like flying about, getting kicked around, um, how did she know that she, there was an invisible person there? Like Maybe that would have like been 
feel my first kiss. She knows what it's like being punched in the face. So she's like, I know this. <laughs> I mean, she was I, I, like that. Didn't, that didn't look like a person's punch or kick. Like she was thrown, right, I mean, like flown through the air. Like it. It seemed like she was yeah. being attacked by a giant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like some sort of sonar gun or something. Like you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, it does so, look like a sonar gun. That's true. Like from different directions too. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Mm. Who the fuck knows? Well, but like Honestly. I, I, I think like what should have happened was like Gabriel's like it's a hallucination, guys. I know it feels real because like that's what makes sense. Like you, who can be invisible? Like no one believes. <laughs> no one, you know. Like mm-hmm. especially like for Echo, like guns are magic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. That part of it, I was just like, I, why isn't anyone being like, oh my god, invisible people, what is the sorcery? <laughs> right, like, a mm. little bit more respect and excitement, Jesus. Yeah, seriously. And why didn't they take any of their equipment with them when they ended up going into the anomaly? Like, they just left their ray guns, like, whatever snacks they had on their bodies. Like, you why not just take their snacks. outfits? Those are better outfits than what you have, clearly, if they're able to be invisible. Like, I'm sure that they've developed, like, super, like, resilient cotton that feels like a dream on your skin. Or maybe know. there's diapers built into their yeah. to their suits. Like, I don't know how long the anomaly trip is. You don't want to, like, arrive with, like, pee pants. Exactly. Um, honestly. Um, speaking of the anomaly, they then hold hands and go boldly forth into getting beamed up t- to somewhere, I guess. Yeah. So I like this because we get a, a glimpse into the mechanics of the anomaly uh, mm-hmm. where when when Gabriel says, if we are even seconds apart when we walk into the anomaly, we might end up months separated. Um, how does he know? Because he's been well, studying. Yeah. It so for how does years. he know? That's one thing. But also, okay. So that's very interesting, right? That does that rule out any of our theories or confirm any of our theories? So, like, if it's time dilation, then what Gabriel is saying would be consistent with it, uh, but it would be kind of a strange scenario. It would be like uh, a time dilation where, depending on when you enter it. Um, it will dilate different amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know, like, yeah, uh, that's the only way I can think of that would be compatible with what he said. Uh, it could be a time travel thing where, um, like, depending on, like, somehow, like, your time gets, um, you know, like magnified or something. So if you enter apart from each other, each other, you end up apart from each other, but by different amounts, um, not by the same amount that you are apart. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, that was, do you think that's an informative thing or do you think that's a dud? Um, I think it's, I think it, it addresses some of our questions or at least some of our speculation of like, time is wonky with the anomaly um i think we're gonna need more more explanation of course so like and here's another question do they end up in the same place but several months apart or different places and different times does it always take you to the same place or does it take you to different places i guess we're gonna fucking find out maybe 
Yeah, but, like, I still am hung up on, like, Gabriel being, like, we could be separated by months. Like, because before, when he, he didn't know about time travel stuff, that wasn't until, like, the anomaly stone thing that they touched and stuff. Um, so, like, how I mean, would he know? The, there were time waves, remember, or whatever they were. Time storms that would come and, like, make things older. Remember Octavia's hand got old? Yeah. Um, so he knew that this was a thing in this area. Time warping was a thing in the, on Sanctum. Um, but yeah, it was strange that he, he just suddenly had this information. Because mm-hmm. so far it seemed like he had no clue what the anomaly was or what it did. Um, but yeah, it was a little interesting, a little convenient. It was like, oh, I know one thing, factum, little factum I saw a meme about the anomaly one time. <laughs> uh, it just said, uh, if you enter different times, you'd be months apart. Um, yeah. File this away for later. You're going to learn about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was important. Like, or maybe the writers just wanted an excuse for all of them to hold hands while they go into the anomaly. But they didn't all hold hands because, um, hot child killer held Echo's wrists instead of her hands. So either she has gross, sweaty hands, or they wanted to make sure you you know that they don't end up together. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you saw that detail. Of course. Hands are everything. They tell you everything. Um, I feel like your your uh, pupils dilate every time Echo is on this. On this in rage. I'm like conditioned to just be offended by you her appearance. You just see twice as many things as, as a normal person. Yeah, I mean, I wish it didn't happen, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else on this anomaly stuff? Uh, otherwise, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Um, oh, shit. Wait, I think I did. Hold on. So, okay. who's Bardo? Mm, gotta find out, I guess. Time God? Maybe. Well, so, we Sheriff. do know that it goes to Earth. I thought that was a good nugget. Um, somebody, oh, do? Yeah, well, somebody pulled from, like, the... Um, I don't know if it was in the trailer. No, yeah, it must have been the trailer. In the trailer. So, um, there's, like, a scene where you see, like, the planets and, like, the arrows going between them. I'm assuming is like, the travel through mm-hmm. the anomaly um and one of them was earth uh-huh. so you can't go back to earth and that like that kind of like maybe changes my theory that maybe like in the end they go back to earth like a thousand years from now to start over maybe mm. maybe i don't know anything anything else all right i'll take that no. as okay um, so since we were kind of hard on this episode, um, I think, I think we should revisit the compliment sandwich and then we will get Ooh. to our well actuallys. Um, so a compliment sandwich, say one nice thing, one complaints, and then one more nice thing about the episode. Okay. Um, who wants to go first? Not me. I've already said a bunch of nice things and a bunch of All right, well, fine. Of... We don't have to do a compliment sandwich. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's just go to well actually it's funny no I, I think it's nice it's like what's our <laughs> summation let's, no it's a great idea let's do I a just, compliment like sandwich really in did. summation okay um, do you want me to go first then yeah go first yeah i thought the effects were phenomenal i okay. loved like what things looked like from inside the, the honeycomb helmet 
And I really, like, I wanted, part of me being upset that the characters didn't explore um, those people more is, like, I wanted to see their tech because it seems so interesting. Um, And I thought that that was really cool. Um, Apart from that, like, yes, why is the D-Squad on Best Adventure? Question mark, question mark. Um, And then the other thing was... Um, some of the acting was astounding. Obviously, Eliza's, like, always strong, um, but the Russell Jordan scene was, like, very well acted, and I thought that that was great, and I also, to add an extra compliment, I'm excited for Raven and Clark to interact more, even, even though I felt like I wanted a little bit more conflict still, like, them kind of finding their ground with each other, and not just being, like, saccharine immediately, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Um... Do you want me to go next, Shaheen, or do you want to go? Um, either way, you can go. Okay. Um, a compliment. Um, I like that we're not gonna, because, like, the anomaly last season was just kind of the anomaly, and, like, I like that, like, right off the bat, we're like, hey, we're gonna be doing anomaly shit. Like, we're not just teasing it, we're fucking going inside. Like, so, yay, we're doing anomaly <laughs> shit. Um, something, uh, the, the shit part of the sandwich, um... Just, I'm just vaguely hand-waving at Sanctum. Just all of that. I cannot. Um, and then another compliment would be um, fucking Adina Porter uh, being obsessed with this bowl of soup. Possibly chili. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but if if anyone is our Twitter follower, uh, we have updated our, our banner, um, our Twitter profile banner, to be um, Indra sipping on a bowl of soup. Because I feel like that just really, just really, really brings together the mood and and heart of of us watching the show mm-hmm. um yeah uh okay you go shaheen um all right so um <clears throat> i don't know how much of this overlaps with what i already said uh one thing i like i said i appreciate is i really like a lot of the premises of you know um rebuilding a society from the ashes i like the premise of the anomaly you said the a lot name of, of the stuff. episode um yeah um and i also appreciate how they um sort of try to keep touch with the uh the original mythology of the story uh and it seems like they're gonna tie it all back together somehow um with the anomaly um, I like that, uh, despite the fact that I feel like they didn't realize the potential of those. But I, I like that they keep, and the, you know, the, the infinity symbol is there. Becca keeps her uh, destructive presence in the story. I like that. Um, a, um, the shed part of the sandwich, I, um, I feel like a lot of the plot lines have kind of lost their way or have become forced. Um, like, I think the feeling we all have about Sanctum is because it just seems like that's something they need to take care of, and they're just using the formulas from, like, season three and stuff. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's not well motivated from within the story. Um, and then another nice thing, um... What other nice thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I already said two nice things for the first one, but um, I'm 
do you just make your sandwiches um, weird? You're like, I put two <laughs> slices of bread yeah. down and then I put the like meat a, and it's cheese. open shit on one side. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm i excited about the anomaly stuff. Um, I uh, I hope that they pay it that off. it all ends up making somewhat sense. But um, yeah, so that's a, that's a nice addition. That's uh, I like the um, boldness of it. Okay, um, let's move on to our other thoughts slash well actuallys. Do we have any well actuallys going on? I guess I already said mine. The whole like sometimes invisible people are, are like a danger, and sometimes we're just gonna pretend that's not going on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so mine was, uh, I mean, one that I already said was uh, there are tons of planets around. I don't understand why people are fighting for this one. Because this one's moon. the sexiest one. Um, <laughs> but then the other thing was, uh, my understanding was that the faithful sanctum people way outnumber children of Gabriel, right? Like the children of Gabriel are in absolute minority. Um, so isn't it like totally idiotic to go with the, um, demands of the children of Gabriel? Like you could just say, dude, no one even gives a fuck. You usually like <laughs> 10 people. I, I got like 200 people here. I have to deal with like, who cares what you want? Um, so yeah, that was, I was confused. Okay. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any explanation for that? No. I mean, maybe if you're trying to be like, you know, a representative government, you still have to like, you know, represent all of the people. And so, you know, instead of just having a, you know, maybe they're, they're going to set up a parliamentary system where, you know, all the little factions get a voice. Well, that went down the toilet as soon as Clark burned down <laughs> the, the house, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I wish I had answers for you. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, my well actually is kind of dumb. Um, how is there only one dog? Like, either they're ju- they just keep cloning the same dog, which respect. Like, I would totally clone my cats if I could. But, but how they how do they birth that dog? Because yeah. you know clones are still yeah birthed I, by another dog. Like, why is there only one dog? Like, that's I I just don't understand that. Um, and also not to be whatever, Picasso's kind of a shitty name for a dog. Um, but whatever. I'm so disappointed that we didn't get to see all kinds of weird sanctum species of living things that, that are not at all like our animals because, you know, evolution is very Different. contingent and, and random. Right. There's and instead no, they pick yeah. a golden retriever, like the most basic bitch of a dog. Not that I have issue yeah. with golden retrievers, but you know, like it's like literally like the white bread of dogs. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, uh, wrap it up with some, some stuff to recommend to people that they put in their earballs, eyeballs, um, I think finger that's- Fingerballs. Fingerballs. Um, <laughs> you can go first, Shane. Um, so, I, um, there's this show on Netflix called 100 Humans. That um, seems like a joke. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So, is it the expanse um, of a hundred humans? Like I just, you know. <laughs> no, actually, it's it's pretty cool. So it's like three out of work scientists who um, bring a hundred humans in. Is this fiction or they, a documentary? And this is a like a reality show. Okay, got it. Like they're they're um, sort of pretending to do experiments. I mean, they they're actually doing experiments and they're. The basic setups of their experiments are actually like 
methodologically valid. Like they have two groups, they have a control group, they have a uh, experimental group, and they they have a placebo and whatever. Um, but it's all kind of just uh, for fun and just kind of uh, lighthearted. It's not like any anything serious. And so they bring people and do all kinds of funny things with them. Like they do, they make them dance, and they have people rate their dancing. And then they take their sperm and see if they like people who dance better have like higher sperm count, um, or like they do like they bring people in with the with blindfold to like smell young and old people and see if like old people have a distinct smell, or not. And so yeah, it's just a fun thing. Um, it's kind of nerdy and you know just like for people who enjoy science, but it's also just uh, lighthearted and fun. Okay. That sounds yeah. completely different than what we normally recommend. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will recommend Shira and the Princesses of Power. I know I'm late to the game, um, but the show is on Netflix. It is a reboot of the 80s uh, cartoon, um, but it's very, it's actually a fully fleshed out show um, as opposed to just uh, uh, an excuse to sell merchandise to children. Um, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's, very it's fucking positive and sweet and funny and really really gay but like <laughs> not and it's it's rainbows and friendship and you know overcoming adversity and processing your feelings and you know learning and i i don't know it's just it, <laughs> quarantine is fucking Sounds miserable gay. And this show is just really sweet, and there's a talking horse and, like, a flamboyant, like, pirate who sets his ships <laughs> on fire. Like, it's, it's good, it's fun, it's it's silly, it's not, I mean, it's deep in some ways, but it's also a kid's cartoon, so, you know, if you need something that, like, is just joy, watch that. God damn it, Bonsai. God damn it, Bonsai. He says yes, watch that. Yes. <laughs> Um, what about you? If you want something that's just joy, bark. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, I think Joe said this last week, but now I'm watching it this week with my mom, uh, The Great. Um, it's much more explicit in terms of language. Bonsai. Shh. Much more explicit in terms of language than I anticipated. Um, but, like, there's no, like, it's still somehow wholesome. <laughs> um, which I don't know that, I mean... I don't know. It's somehow wholesome. You can watch and figure out that mystery. Um, yeah. It's funny. It's fucking it's funny. It's so funny. Um, so funny. Oh my god, Bob's like so angry. <laughs> Pay attention to him. Give him Chinese food. I know. <laughs> What's your Panda Express? Oh, he does want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else until we meet again yeah i guess <laughs> as it turns out um we will be back uh next time with the second episode where apparently we're gonna go to some weird planet with a lake i don't know i, I, I these these two edgy for you uh trailers don't tell me anything so i don't know there's like a lake echoes mad about something i don't know that's all i got <laughs> um yeah i guess uh right. thanks thanks for joining guys take it easy guys all right Bye. Bye. Maybe geek again. Maybe geek again. Maybe geek again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. bye.